Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Let me tell you a story. When I was a boy, I spent all my days leading my sheep, and at night, watching over them. Always the same endless rhythm. Until one night, the skies had never seemed more clear. The stars were like golden dust scattering intricate prophecies across the heavens. I couldn't help but fixate my eyes above on the one. Such light was like nothing I had ever seen before. Of all the secrets the heavens could reveal, this star seemed like the greatest mystery of them all. I stood there and wondered what it was born to tell. The stillness of that night reflected the darkness our people had felt for centuries. It had been 400 years of crying out to Yahweh and waiting in silence. From oppressor to oppressor, our people longed for a Messiah to come and make right all the evil done against us. Many of us had given up. We were angry, forgotten, and alone. But that night I was lost in the tension between heaven and earth desperately hanging on to the promises of old made to our father Abraham. Oh God, let them be true. But nothing ever happens in Bethlehem. Oh, holy night, the stars are bright. Shining, it is the night of your dear Savior's birth. Long lay a world and sin in narrow pining. Now he appears, and your soul feels its worth. Messiah, the Christ. 
laying in cloth amongst beasts. No longer would we be afraid, but tonight we would rejoice and behold Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace. My mind raced faster than my feet could take me to the city of David. Could this really be the king we had been waiting for? A baby? Is this child truly the anointed one who will bring freedom to our people once and for all? Our majesty and promised ruler, born in a dusty stable. How could this be? There he was, with the shalom peace of God in his eyes, and a smile that had radiated a love I had never known. This was surely a heavenly child. For to us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on. The passionate commitment of the Lord of hosts has performed his promise. And by humbling himself as a servant, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father.
Christ the Lord, the Savior, has come into the middle of our darkness to be the light of the world. So today we remember his coming, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. We sing of what happened that night.
Oh, how true it is that the baby born in a manger that night in Bethlehem was the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, the mighty God, creator stepping into his created to live a perfect life, to die as an innocent man on a criminal's cross, to pay a price that you and I could not pay on our own, and on the third day he rose again. Jesus, the Savior of the world, came down out of heaven into earth. But you and I, thousands of years removed from that night, if we're honest, can get so sucked up into tradition, into the preparation of this season, of this holiday, and miss the truth that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is near to us. And it's my prayer for you and your family that this Christmas our focus would be on that truth that King Jesus is more than enough, He is enough, He is all that we will ever need. And for now, in this season, in every season, and for all of eternity, we will sing His praises, for He alone is worthy. And so, as a symbol of focus, this Christmas Eve, we say to heaven, you're the reason for it all. You're the reason why we gather. You're the reason why we celebrate and remember. It's you, King Jesus. Let's sing this chorus together again. Say. And all hail King Jesus. Tell them today. Christmas to you. We're so honored that you'd spend your Christmas Eve with us. This is the seventh and last service of three days, and don't tell anybody else you're our favorite. We're so honored that you're here and you're spending this Christmas with us. Merry Christmas to you. You may be seated. Thank you for singing along with us. Well, Merry Christmas, Lake Point family. We're, we really are glad that you guys are here today. And listen, if this is your first time with us, if you've never been here at Lake Point Church, we want to say real special welcome to all of you. Matter of fact, I would love to be able to send you some information about how you can get connected here and be more part of our church family here. So grab the connect card that's there in your seat back in front of you, or we've got them at all the kiosks around the back of the auditorium. If you'll just give us a little bit of information, drop those cards in the boxes. Um, or in the buckets as they go around a little bit uh, later today. We'll send you some information. Or you can text the word CONNECT to the number 20411. We'd love to get you connected here at Lake Point. Now, we'd also love for you guys to uh, make our weekend worship services here a regular part of your uh, new year. Uh, however, this weekend, the 25th and the 26th, we have a special online-only experience you're not going to want to miss, hosted by Pastor Josh and Jana, please join us online this weekend and then go ahead and make plans to be right back here in the room on January 
the second for an 11 a.m. only service. Again, we'd love for you guys to join us this next year. Make this a part of uh, your regular routine. Now, one of the most meaningful parts of our service today is something we call the compassion offering. And so we want to give you a little bit of information about what that is. So let's turn our attention to the screen for a special message from Pastor Steve Stroop. Merry Christmas. You know, every year at these candlelight services, we have the privilege of receiving a compassion offering. And because of your generosity, we're able to say yes to every legitimate request that comes our way throughout the year for benevolence. We're able to pay for people's counseling who couldn't afford to go to counseling otherwise. We're able to supplement the resources in our pantry. We actually are a part of the North Texas Food Bank Distribution Center, and we're able to add to the food they provide for us so that we can provide a more balanced uh, meal to those who have need. Uh, we're able to pay for camp scholarships and rental assistance and pay for people's utilities. We're able to buy parts for cars that have been donated to the church so that we can upgrade and then give to someone who is working hard. It also supports uh, two clinics that are in both Garland and Dallas uh, that provides medical needs for the working poor. So this Christmas, I want to ask you to give once again in a generous way. Uh, later on in the service, there are going to be some buckets that are passed, and you can put your gifts in those buckets, or you can even give online by going to legpoint.church slash give. But I'm going to ask you to give a generous gift, a, ge a gift that will not only make a difference in the lives that we will touch this year, but will make a difference in your life as well. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. And we just acknowledge that you have given us so much and we realize that you didn't give it all to us so that we could spend it on ourselves or even on our families. But you've called us to be your feet and your hands in the communities where we have campuses. And I just pray to your Father that once again, as our people have always been faithful to do, that the resources will be provided so that we can say, yes, uh, we care about you, but we also wanna let you know about a God who cares about you, who is generous as well. And we pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus, the one we celebrate today. Amen. Christmas, Lake Point family. It is really good to, to gather with you guys. And hey, um, I only do this in this service, our last one of the weekend. Um, but there's a group of people that are, they're in our tech booth, they're up here, they're all over the place, who they took, like they're volunteers that took three days away from their family at Christmas to help do these services. Will you help me show them how honored and thankful we are for their ministry? That's right. Come on. That's right. All over the place. We are very, very, very grateful. Okay. Awesome. Well, hey, let me do this. Let me shift from clapping to controversy. Okay. Uh, let me do that. Now, uh, here's what I'm going to do. Um, if you're like me, uh, you know, a lot of you, you came with family um, to these candlelight services, and I have family attending this specific service. And I, I, what I've noticed is that at Christmas, there's all these like, passionate little Christmas controversies that kind of tend to divide families. So I'm gonna, I just want to walk right into it, okay? And we're going to settle some major inter-family debates 
Like right now. We're going to do this right now, once and for all. You're going to do it for my family too. Okay, so I'm going to show you these things. You make some noise. Uh, help, me, help us settle this once for all. Okay, here we go. So we're going to start with this one. Elf on the shelf, is it cre- creepy or cute? That's what we're going to decide right now. Okay, so it, oh, just a second. Hang on. Y'all are eager in this service. Okay, so if you're a person that's like, it's adorable. I love it. It's great with my kids. Where are the elf on the shelf is cute people? Where are you at? Okay. Okay, okay, all right, yeah, it's not, not bad. Okay, now, where are my fellow, that's the Christmas version of Chucky people? Where are you? Thank you, thank you. Okay, that's right. <laughs> okay, y'all are fun. Okay, by the way, that's the correct answer, you're one for one, okay? Now, I am very, very passionate about this next thing. So we're gonna decide this right now, no debate ever again after this. Die Hard, is it a Christmas movie? Okay, we're gonna, now, whoa, 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 stop. Stop. Y'all are way too eager. We're doing this on my terms. That's how we're doing this, okay? So right now, if you're a person that's like, absolutely not, do not turn that on on Christmas for me. I do not want that. Not a Christmas movie. Where are you at? Where are you at? Okay. Yeah. Now, I just want to point out, that was a very feminine sounding response. That's it. Now, uh, where are my fellow? Boom. Absolutely. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Come on, baby. Yeah, for me, it's not Christmas for me till I see Hans Gruber fall off a Nakatomi Plaza. That's when Christmas starts for me. Now, uh, let's do another. People get really, really upset about this next one, so let's settle it once and for all right now. No more debate after this. Okay, so Christmas decorations, can they go up before Thanksgiving, or do you got to wait till after? Okay, now hang on. Where are the people that are like, come on, man, respect Thanksgiving. Respect Thanksgiving. Christmas decorations go after, they go after Thanksgiving. Okay, <laughs> I may have set myself up for failure on this one. Uh, now, now let me, let me try to tilt the room in my favor. Where are the people who love Jesus so much they want to celebrate him early? Where are you at? That's right, man. We just want to <laughs> Okay, now, I was going to do one more. I was going to do a live tree versus fake tree. Um, since moving to Texas, I've learned there's a lot of people who are like, ain't a real tree unless you killed it, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, but, but this was actually settled for me a couple weeks ago. Somebody sent me, this is a true story. I'm going to show you a picture in a second. Lady in Australia went out, cut a live tree with her kids, brought it home, decorated it, ornaments, lice, the whole thing. Went to bed the next morning, came downstairs with coffee and a warm blanket to just sit and enjoy her new beautiful Christmas tree. As she sat down on her couch, she started noticing, hey, there's, a, there's an ornament up there. I don't remember putting on the tree. And as she got closer, it was a four-foot-long king snake right in the middle of the tree. Now, by the way, that's a whole sermon in and of itself, trees and snakes and everything. You know, that's not where I'm going today. Uh, But ever since seeing that, my new opinion on live trees is no mas. No, I'm done with forever and ever and ever now. Now, here, here, here's what I want to do is what you got to know is that controversy, it has always surrounded Christmas. Since the very first Christmas, controversy has been at the very heart uh, of what it is. And I, I want to talk on that note, I want to talk about something I've never talked about before at any Christmas service I've ever been a part of. You know, typically this is a spot in the service where a pastor gets up and talks about wise men or angels, mangers or stars. Um, I want to talk about something different. I want to talk about JesusAncestry.com results. Okay, that's what I want to talk about. Now, I just want to point this out. Have you ever noticed 
that in every gospel that tells the Christmas story, none of them begin in Bethlehem. They all begin with the begats. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the, um, the, and Jesse begat David, and David begat Solomon, and Solomon begets a part. You skip over. They all start with the begats. Now, there's a reason for that. Okay, it's Jesus' family tree. Now, before I say anything about Jesus' family tree, I I need you to know something about, about the Bible real quick. When Jesus was alive, if somebody was trying to establish their rightful claim to a throne, what they would do is they would get their genealogy. That's a big fancy word for their family tree. They would get it together, and they would scrub it of all the losers, and they would highlight all the winners and notable people from their family history, And then they would use their genealogy as like a resume for why they deserve to be king. So they would make it look like they came from like an unbroken, unadulterated chain of awesome. And they would go, here, look at what I came from. This is why I should be king. Now, I just want to point this out. You are no different at all. Like, not at all. If you, most people, you start start talking about their family tree And they will go out of their way to tell you about even one famous or notable person that they are even rumored to be remotely related to. Uh, In in fact, this is actually a a little joke around the Lake Point staff. If you ask me about my family tree within 30 seconds, I'm going to let you know that I am like a great, 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 great grandson of Johnny Appleseed. I'm going to let you know that. Uh, In in fact, you know, I'm I'm a little obnoxious about this. To the point, a couple years ago, we took the kids to like an apple orchard around Halloween. And I just spent the whole time like sidling up to people and being like, you're welcome. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you're welcome. You know, now, so I'll go out of my way to, to mention the one notable person. But there's other people in my family tree that I never seem to bring up. I got a great uncle who spent time in jail for armed robbery. That never seems to come up. Um, my last name is Howard Tun with a T. And uh, apparently way back in Great Britain, it used to be Howard's son with an S. And somewhere along the way, somebody changed the S to a T. Now, genealogists tell me, supposedly, that somewhere along the way, like way back in Great Britain, somebody changed it so their name would, would not be searchable in records because they were uh, doing income tax evasion. Hey. So I've got income tax evasion in my blood, okay? Now, some of you are like, mega church pastor. I knew it, you know? <laughs> like, like I think. Now, I just want to say, I pay my taxes. I need to get, get that out there. Now, I, I just want to, so what we do is we'll, we do the same thing. People tend to scrub the family tree of all the losers and highlight all the winners. Now, let me ask you this question. Why does Jesus do the exact opposite when he gives his family tree? So this, this is really interesting. If you go to places like Matthew chapter 1, where it goes through Jesus' family tree, it says stuff like this. It says, Salmon, by the way, that's Tilapia's cousin. Salmon, who was the father of Boaz, uh, whose mother was, watch this. Um, it says whose mother was, the first one is Rahab. Now what's really interesting is, is that Jesus included Rahab for two reasons. It's really weird. One, because Rahab was a woman. And nobody ever included women in their genealogy. A, a normal genealogy would have been like, dude, 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 Jesus. Okay? But Jesus did that. Why? For, for two reasons. One, because Jesus was unleashing the gospel, this message on earth that would end up resulting in now there's neither Jew nor Greek. 
neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, but we are all one in Christ Jesus. So that's one thing, okay? But two, watch, watch this. When Jesus brought up Rahab, it was really interesting because by bringing up Rahab, he introduced prostitution into his family tree. Um, the first time Rahab is mentioned in the Bible is in Joshua chapter 2, and she's referred to as Rahab the harlot. Okay, really interesting person for Jesus to go out of his way and mention in his family tree. So he introduces prostitution in his family tree. Now, it doesn't just stop there. Just a few verses over, in Matthew 1.3, it says this. Now, when I read it, you're going to be like, I don't understand why that's a big deal. It's a big deal. I'll, I'll show you why. In Matthew 1.3, it says, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was, and, and the next one is, whose mother was Tamar. Now, every Jewish person, when they heard the name Tamar, they would have been like, whoa. Like, did he just say Tamar? Now, here's why. Because when Jesus mentioned the name Tamar, he introduced like a Netflix-level scandal into his family tree. Now, you may be going, hey, I don't understand. Why is mentioning Tamar a scandal? Well, here's why. Because, you know, Judah, Tamar get together, they produce Perez and Zerah. Josh, why is that a big deal? Well, here's, here's why it's a big deal. Because Judah was Tamar's father-in-law. Now, uh, what's, what's really disturbing to me is not that that happened, but that that didn't seem very disturbing to you. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know we had so many people that drove in from Arkansas to our Christmas services. I had no, no idea. No, no. Okay, just stay with me. Okay, stay with me. Okay, so, so you, you just need to know this. If you didn't know this, like, hey, it's not a win to produce children with your daughter-in-law. Like, write that down. M Merry Christmas. Okay, that's, that's not a win. But when Jesus brought up, he goes out of his way to put Tamar in his family tree, and now he introduces scandal into his family tree. So now we got prostitution and scandal, but it didn't just stop there. Uh, just one more verse over, Matthew 1, 6, it says, watch this, it says, King, and it brings up David. King David, who was the father of Solomon, and watch how it says it, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Now, if you're paying attention, you may be going like, hey, like, why are we bringing up past marriages? How is that relevant? Hey, well, here's what's going on. Because when David hooked up with a girl named Bathsheba, David wasn't married to Bathsheba, and Bathsheba wasn't married to David. And so by bringing up David, Jesus introduces now adultery into his family tree. So, like, Jesus is doing a really, really bad job so far at, like, putting together a pristine family tree because now we've got prostitution, scandal, and adultery in there. But, but oh, wait, there's more because in that same verse when it says, whose mother had been, and then it brings up the name Uriah, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Well, you got to remember, here's what happened, is when David uh, hooked up with Bathsheba, Bathsheba was married to a guy named Uriah. And in order to try to keep a scandal from happening in Israel, uh, David had essentially hired some hitmen to get Uriah slaughtered on the front of a battlefield. So by bringing up Uriah, now Jesus has introduced murder into his family tree. Murder. Merry Christmas. Murder. So, so at this point, here, here, we're not doing very awesome on the family tree thing. We've got prostitution, scandal, adultery, murder, and at the top of Jesus' family tree, it's not a star, it's not an angel. Up here, I am so short. Up here, what we got? 
At the top of Jesus' family tree is idolatry. Idolatry. Because two times in Jesus' family tree, it mentions people who were not Jewish. A Canaanite person and a Moabite person. So they worshipped other false gods. So like, let's step back and look at this. For Jesus' resume, as far as like, here's why you should vote for me as Messiah... Jesus in his family tree, we got prostitution, scandal, adultery, murder, idolatry. Now let me ask you this question, why? Why does Jesus go out of his way to point out all these people that he came from? Do you know why? Who Jesus came from tells us who he came for. That's why Jesus did this. You know, there are so many people, like especially at Christmas, who you've got this vision of Jesus and he's like a Santa Claus Jesus. And it's like, here, here's what you got in your head. You think, man, he's watching me all the time. He sees me when I'm sleeping. He knows when I'm awake. And like what he's doing right now is he's looking to see if I'm naughty and nice. And like if, if I'm nice and religious, then Jesus is for me and good stuff's going to happen in my life. I'm going to get all the good things. But if I'm like naughty and irreligious, well, then he's against me and we're on the outs and, and he's not for me. And can I just point something out to you really quick? Guys, the reason Jesus came is because everybody's been naughty and nobody's been nice. There's only one person that did it right, and that was Jesus himself. In, in fact, in fact, guys, guys, listen, you have to, I, I, listen, I need you to understand this. Think about this. People who think that Jesus was for the religious people and against the irreligious people and rebellious people, just think about this. Jesus died for rebellious people, but it was religious people who killed him. And Jesus earned the nickname when he came to this earth. The nickname they gave him was Jesus Christ, friend of sinners. And if you don't understand that the whole reason Jesus came was because God's heart was full of an overflowing love. Not for people, just people who knew him, but for everybody everywhere. If you don't understand that, you'll spend your entire life misunderstanding the heart of God and misunderstanding the people of God. And here's what I mean by this, you know. At these services, I love watching people walk into these services. At these services, what I think a lot of people think is you, you may be like, you're just not really a church person. And you're like, ah, not my thing. And you're here and you look around and you look around at all these people. And what you start to think is like, man, like I could never fit in here. You're like, man, all these people, like they got these neat, tidy little lives that are all super put together and... Uh, you know, all the mommies are here with their little kids' matching outfits they picked out four months ago. And all, all the families are, like, sitting together, and the families look like they like each other. Like, this is not—I I could never fit in here. Well, as a pastor of this church, can I just tell you something? Like, I know some things about these people. <laughs> and if you knew what I know about these people, you would not be sitting as close to them as you are right now. And it would have nothing to do with Omicron. Nothing at all. In fact, here's what I know about the people that you're sitting next to at all of our campuses right now. You are sitting next to some people who live the type of lives that got them kicked out of schools. They had foul mouths. Some of these people have had affairs. Some of these people that you're worshiping next to, they have had more divorces than they can count on one hand. You are sitting next to parenting failures. You are worshiping next to people who have spent time in prison. There is nothing on the internet they have not viewed. There is no substance these people have not snorted, swallowed, sniffed, or shot up. But God changed them. Not because they were good people that God rewarded, but because they were sinners that Jesus came to save. That's who we are. That's the type of God 
who came for us. And listen, I'm going to say something right now that like you're kind of like not supposed to say at like a really nice sentimental Christmas service, but I love you so much. I want to want to speak to you in a straightforward way. Listen to me. Your morality may keep you out of jail, but it will take the blood of Jesus Christ to keep you out of hell. And that, that is why he came. That's why he came. We sing it every Christmas. He was born that men no more might die. He was born into a cradle so he could go to a cross. And that bloody little baby, he grew up and became a bloody crucified man. God's gift to you on that first Christmas, it didn't go under a tree, it went on one. And he came, and the whole reason he came was to come here, to hang on this tree and pay the penalty for your sins so that you wouldn't have to because he loves you. Who he came from shows who he came for. And when he stretched out his hands on that cross 33 years after the first Christmas, what he was saying is he was saying, listen, I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I am entering into your pain. I am entering into your shame. I'm entering your disgrace. He was going, are you an adulterer? Are you an idolater? Have you lied? Bring me your scandal. Bring me your disgrace. Have you ended a life? I don't care. I died for your sin. I became what you've done so that you could become what I am. And I paid for it in full so you could be forgiven, so you could be healed. Christmas is for everyone. That's what he was saying. He was going, Christmas is for everyone. I came for everyone. And so now the only question is like, is is this. It's, have you had a personal Christmas? That's the question. It would not matter if Jesus was born a thousand times into a manger in Bethlehem. If he has not been born into you, you will be lost. But he came so that that would not happen to anybody. And so like right now, I know what's happening is in some of you, there's like something starting to stir in your soul. And you're like, man, like, I I think that might need to happen for me. Like this, this can be the first day of the rest of your life. And so if that's you and you're realizing, I I might need that, I might need to cross a line of faith, would you do this with me right now uh, at all of our campuses? Would everybody, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're realizing that like you need to cross a line of faith, would you just pray this prayer from a sincere heart and just pray it like this, just pray, God, I know I'm a sinner and I have lived for other things first besides you. But I believe you died for my sins. And I believe you rose again from the grave. Pray this from a sincere heart. I receive the gift of your grace freely by faith. From this day forward, pray it from a sincere heart. From this day forward, as best as I know how, I will live for you first. Thank you, God, for making me a son or a daughter. And right now, Lake Point family, can we celebrate people, probably hundreds of them, all over our campuses that are crossing lines of faith right now? Can we do that? Let's celebrate people making that decision. That's right, man. We are proud. We are proud. We are proud. We are proud. And then, um, if that's you, I just want to, again, like, I hope we see you in a couple weeks to start the new year as we set this miracle in motion. Because what we want today to be the, the, the first day of the rest of your life. Now, um, what we're getting ready to do right now 
is uh, this, this Christmas message is not just something we receive, it's something we respond, receive and respond. And so like we mentioned earlier in the service, we're getting ready to receive what we call our compassion offering. And uh, you just need to know, um, every other week of the year at Lake Point, we never ask people who are visiting our church to give. We never ask that. Except at this service, because we do not keep one penny of what is given at our Christmas services. 100% of this offering goes out our doors to help the poor, under-resourced, the needy, the hurting in the DFW era for the coming year. So this is the offering that um, it, it does things like uh, stock our food pantries and pay for counseling services. It funds our Genesis Center that gets women out of abusive and trafficking situations and gets them in, into a, a, you know, a redeemed life. All, more things than I can count. And so I'm asking you not just to receive this message, but to respond to it in generosity. So here in a second, buckets are going to come around. And maybe it's just like, hey, you know, no pressure. It's like whatever's the largest bill you got in your billfold. Or if you're just joining in with us online, you can just check uh, or text the word give to the number 20411. But right now, um, stay seated and worship with us both as we give and as we sing.
Isaiah 9. Behold, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And uh, we know that that light was a person, and his name is Jesus. Um, man, um, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before. Um, when Jesus was born in the middle of the night, there was like a star, so, so brightness in the middle of the night. And then when Jesus was crucified and died, the Bible says there was an eclipse in the middle of the day. So, so check this out. Jesus is born, brightness at midnight. Jesus dies, darkness at noon. He's the light of the world. And listen, um, Jesus then turns around, and the Bible says Jesus was, was the light of the world. But then Jesus turns to his followers, the, the church, us. And he says, then, you're the light of the world. And the reason he said that is because he was saying, hey, this light isn't supposed just to come down to you. It's supposed to flow through you. You are the people of God with the power of God. Your job is to beat back the darkness of the world by the power of the Spirit in my indwelling presence. He was saying, that's what I came to do. And so, so listen, because of that, churches for centuries on Christmas have gathered in dark rooms and they have sung songs holding candles, remembering that very first Christmas when the light of the world came down. And now that light has been traveling from person to person to person across the continents and centuries. And now we here we are today. And so right now, Lake Point family, will you stand with me and your candles as we remember that first silent night.
Merry Christmas, Lake Point family. We love you so much. You are dismissed. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital.